Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. I want to thank everybody online. I'm actually going to keep my phone right on the uh, platform, right on this platform this morning. I'm going to say hi to Dave and Wendy, Miss Irma, and especially to Miss Brenda Stevens, her and her husband, uh, going through some health things. We just want to give them some love this morning. Appreciate your faithfulness online to the Lord's house. We're so glad that you are here today. Uh, on your chairs, and if you're watching online today as well, uh, you can go to a QR code and sign up for our life groups. And guys, I want you after church, we didn't put these on your chair, but we're going to have some men handing these out after church during our life group fair. We are starting a men's ministry called Warriors, and we are going to be meeting once a month. Our first meeting is on September the 10th, and then October. It's going to be every month of the year. We're going to meet once a month and try to drive, bring guys in, encourage them in the Word, talk to them about passivity and how to overcome that and be the men that God has called you to be. Somebody say amen to that. All right, and we're going to try to drive you guys into our men's groups, and uh, just so you can have some weekly, daily, minute by minute. How many of you need minute by minute encouragement in your life sometimes, right? You, you, you know, you, I love that song that uh, they were singing this morning, the worship team. They did a great job. I want to give it up for the worship team today. Loved it. And you know, sometimes you hear a song that's repetitive. You never lost, one thing you know about that song, he's never lost a battle, 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 right? But we got to be reminded of that because we don't fight. You know, the fights that we have in our world today and all this super duper crazy, please stop watching the news stuff that we are confronted with on a minute by minute. Listen, we need to hear good as much as we're hearing the yucky stuff. And we need to be encouraged this morning. I wanna, we're going to talk about how we can do that for one another today, but a great way for you to have just some more ministry opportunities in your life Check out our life groups. You'll have opportunities to sign up for these. Nick is going to talk to you about that towards the end of our service. But if you want to kind of get a jump on that, get that card and fill it out. Listen, when you fill out a card at Warehouse Church, we don't share your name with anybody. We're not going to come knocking at your door this afternoon unless you call us and ask us to. We want to be able to communicate to you uh, all the things that are happening here, and then you'll be able to share those things with a potential life group that we would love to connect you to. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're in a series called We Are Warehouse Church. I'm gonna say we are, you say Warehouse Church, you ready? We are. Come on with that action, that was awesome. We are Warehouse Church and we live in community. We live in community. And you know, the the interesting thing about community, there are many ways that we all experience uh, community in our lives. Great places like Little League Baseball. I love watching the Little League World Series on ESPN right now and looking at all the things that the, the, those young players talk about, like their favorite food and their favorite uh, b- baseball player, <coughs> their favorite movies and stuff like that, and different parts of the country they come through. I think it's neat. Um, you know, if you, if you ever had kids in any kind of sporting events, just sitting with other parents, you have other things in common with them, right? Uh, I remember my father, when he would come and watch us play basketball when I was a kid, he really didn't know too many people from our school because he was kind of in and out. He would get there right when the game started and leave right afterwards. 
But he had something in common with my, one of my best friends from high school who pastors up in New York, uh, northern New York area, uh, Pastor Buddy Cremines. Him and I grew up and played basketball together. And my dad and his dad loved yelling at the refs. They had that in common. Anytime there was a call, because sometimes I would have 3,000 in the first quarter, but anytime there was a call that was against me, even if I plowed somebody down, my dad would go, you didn't see that ref, you need glasses, and all those different kind of things that you say, and some things I won't repeat because we're in church today. But they had community together. They shared something in common. We also experience community in very unexpected places too like unintentional community. For instance, when our grandkids were being born and we were sitting in the waiting room waiting to hear the news and everybody was okay, we were with two other sets of grandparents. We didn't know each other, but what we knew is our babies were having babies. And all that we talked about was, boy, we were just in here yesterday having kids, weren't we, right? And wasn't it great that you didn't have to go in the, the room like all the husbands do today? And my dad told me, my dad, when I was talking about that in front of my mom and dad one time, my mom got so mad because she was getting ready to have a baby. My dad had to go to work. And my mom told my dad that morning, I think I'm going to have the baby today. He says, well, here's $5 so you could take a cab. And I know this story because she has repeated it to him many, many times throughout my lifetime, right? And those were the days you could smoke in the waiting room. Boy, weren't they really good days. But you can experience community in, 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 in places like that because you share something in common. You experience community with people even that we share tragedies with. Families of the 9-11 thing, we're celebrating that 20-year anniversary this year as a country. Uh, different hard things that you've been through. This last year and a half, you can't go anywhere or be with anybody and not talk about what's happened in our world the last year and a half. And even if you go into it like and say, hey, we're not gonna talk about COVID tonight. It's gonna come up, right? And I tell myself before church, you're not going to talk about it today in church. And I already did, so I let myself down. But we all experience community in so many different ways in our lives. And we find ourselves even connecting with people, not even realizing it's happening. I think one of the greatest examples of very, very sweet community that I have seen face-to-face, uh, -face, been in meetings, are uh, AA meetings. Uh, AA has a very unique way of not only accountability with one another, of helping each other recover from a very, very difficult thing that people have found themselves in with, you know, whether it's AA or NA or some of the different uh, places that people go to help with, with those different uh, situations. The love and forgiveness and the community that exists, and, and here's, what, here's what I've seen, because we've been to them in about six different states. And when you walk in there, you, ought, you feel like you're part of that family before they even know your name because you're with people that have been through the same thing you've been through. And there's no, it's a no judgment zone. Uh, that's what I love about Planet Fitness. You see that up on the wall. No judgment zone, right? I'm like, cool. So nobody's gonna make fun of me for being fat in here because at least I'm trying, right? But I, I, I hope that our church is like that because we don't want anybody to feel when they come into this church where we're not good enough and People aren't going to like us because, you know, we're not really part of the, the mold of, you know, being super churchy or this or that. God made you the way that he made you for a very specific reason. And you will have an opportunity. We were talking to some great friends about this last night. The way that God made you, he's equipped you to have ministry in people's lives. And we do that through community. But here's the thing about community, church. There are barriers of authentic community. 
there are barriers. I'm going to give you three barriers to that, and then we're going to open up to Acts chapter 2. Barrier number one of authentic community is busyness. Is busyness. We all live in a very unusually high, at a very unusually high, frantic, and busy pace in our lives. But I want to tell you that something is true about all of us, and I'm saying that inclusively because it's true about me. We all do what we want to do. Now, there's things we do every day that we don't want to do. How many of you this week had to do something that you did not want to do? Raise your hand up in the air. Okay, everybody should have their hand up. Work, pay a bill, say hi to somebody you don't like. Did you ever see somebody in the grocery store that you didn't want to see and you went to the next aisle so you wouldn't have to see them again and you kept running into them? I had to happen a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was in the grocery store and I was picking something up and this lady came behind me and I guess my cart was over the middle yellow line that doesn't exist, I don't know. And she went, ahem, you're not the only person in this grocery store. And I'm, it just went, I wasn't ready for it. You know when you're not ready for it and confrontation happens, it went all over me and I said, I was kidding with her, I said, are you telling me that I'm fat? And she says, no, get out of the way. So she didn't even laugh at my joke. I'm like, dang it, man. This la- she, had a ba- she had a bad day. Remember that song from uh, American Idol? So you had a bad day, and you lost on American Idol, and da-da-da-da-da, and you're such a stinking loser. Write that song. I don't know how the words go. So I go down that aisle. I'm like, man, that woman. And don't, don't have- we were zig- all the way through, and, and I just looked at her and went, hey, it's me again. She goes, I know. And she just kept getting madder and madder at me. I couldn't get away from it, you know? But busyness, man, busyness just keeps us a lot of times. And and the thing is about being busy, I would say that most of us are not busy doing bad things, right? I'm not accusing anybody of, you know, going to 50 movies this week and not going to work and not taking care of your responsibilities and, you know, being super, super mean to people. But busyness has a way of keeping us from doing what, Sometimes what God's called us to do and what our priorities are. Like I could say to you, well, um, I, I really would like to be a part of a group and community, but man, and, and you can't use this excuse anymore, but I think, I think sometimes the back of our minds, because I do this too, we can't use the excuse of, yeah, but Longmire's coming on tonight, and you know, there's a good football game on, and, and, the, and, and sometimes we use those things because we prefer to do other things than we do to be in a place where we're experiencing community together and encouraging one another. I think we do the same thing with church, too. You know, I've, I'm so fat, and listen, I'm not, you're here, so you're not getting yelled at for not coming to church, say amen, okay? And everybody online, you get two points for that, okay? If you're here, you get three points. If you're online, you get two points. I'm just kidding. But it's been so awesome that we have been able to have church online when everything got shut down. It really is. And we've had some families in our church bless the church so we can make that even a better experience for you. And we're trying to get better at it all the time because we have an audience. We usually have more people on Sunday that watch online than we even have people to come to our church. So the gospel is being shared at multi-mediums. And I think that's phenomenal. But here's, the, here, here's where it gets kind of sketchy and kind of tough. It's very easy not to come. It's easy to say, you know what, I'm kind of tired today, had a tough week, I don't feel like getting a shower today. Listen, if you don't want to get a shower before you go to church, just do what I do. Stick your head into the shower and come back. You don't have to get your whole body wet. Just do a little human car wash on your hair, dry it off, put some paste in there, and you're good to go. But sometimes we just don't feel like doing all that. Why? Because we've got to do it all week to go to work. You know, that's the one day, I'm busy all day doing stuff with my kids, 
running them. My, my neighbor Billy over here, we, we, we were kind of laughing at each other this week because I'm running my granddaughter to school and back, and he's running his kids to school and back. And I got home, and he looked at me, and I said, hey, how was your day running kids back and forth? And he was just looking at me, not cussing, but I'm feeling it. And he says, I just got done two hours of driving picking kids up from school. You know? And grandparents are like, you should have thought that before you had kids, you know, that kind of a thing. But we, we get so busy doing stuff, and not even bad stuff, that sometimes we miss the priorities that God's called us to do. Here's another reason, apathy. Apathy. Sometimes we get so busy doing stuff, again, that's not necessarily bad, we just don't show care or concern for other things that are important, right? Uh, I think there's a great danger in churches. I, it's only happened to me once or twice in about 30 years of being a pastor, where I've walked out of church and somebody has confronted me and told me they've disagreed with me. And it's been kind of funny the way that that happens. I, I walked out of church one time, man, this is probably 15, 18 years ago, and this guy said to me, like confronting me, mad at me, he said, do you know how many times you said Jesus today? And I said, I don't, I'm not really sure. He took out a piece of paper, he was keeping score. He said, you said Jesus 72 times today. And he was mad about it. I'm like, are you okay with that, dude? He says, you could have said some other stuff besides Jesus. I said, I want to say something. And I, you know, it was so easy to be super pious at that point, right? So I said to him, if the only thing you remembered today is that I said Jesus, it's a win. Now, doesn't that sound a little pious? And I was kind of all proud of myself when I said that to him at all, right? I had another person walk out, walked out of church. I, I walk in the lobby, and they said to me, I absolutely disagree with everything you said about God creating man and the earth and the world and creation in six days. And they said that to me. I said, well, you, that doesn't hurt my feelings because you don't disagree with me. You disagree with the Bible. And I'm okay with that. And I don't want to take that personal, right? But sometimes it does come across like a very, very personal conversation. And I think what happens most of the time in church, that's two examples in almost 30 years, right? Because what happens most of the time in church is you will, at some level, agree with the things that I share with you because you're here. You are not surprised today that I'm talking about Jesus. You're not surprised today we're going to read some verses out of Acts and Hebrews. You're not surprised we're going to, you weren't surprised by the music. You weren't surprised by anything that I'm going to talk about today. You're not, probably most of you will walk out today having heard some of the things that I've said before at some other venue or not and walk out and say, that was a great reminder of some things that are important to me, right? But here's the thing. Our church doesn't need to be filled with people agreeing with me. Our church needs to be filled with people that are doers and not just hearers. Like, I'm encouraged. Like, I love good amens. My friend Dave Roberts, who sits over here this week, is out of town this week, and he's a good amener. Johnny does because I told him if I hear him say amen six or different times during the week, I'll buy him lunch. You know, Jack says that's right because he wants to make everybody realize that you're in Texas this morning because sometimes you forget with my Yankee voice. But I love, I love the agreeing, and I really, really do. And I wish we had a little bit more brother in us. We would be a little louder in church sometimes. Now you need to say amen to that. Okay? But frankly, it's not about you coming here and agreeing with me. We've got to be doers and not just hearers. And I think what, for, for so many Christians, they, it's not that they don't like church. It's not that they don't agree with attending. They ju we just have so many other things in our life, listen now, that we make more important than serving the Lord. That we make more important. And I think all of us can be very, I'm not, I'm not pointing at anybody in this room, I'm not saying this is true about anybody online or anything like that. 
But sometimes other things take priority over our service and daily walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. And it keeps people from experiencing authentic community. And a lot of times that apathy sets in with people that have been saved for a long time. Been there, done that, wrote the book, experienced that. It was great. It's not my time anymore and I'm kind of done with it. You know what that is? It's apathy. Here's another one. I think this is harder and, and, and it refers back to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous that I was talking about just a minute ago. There's a fear of vulnerability. Well, here's the thing. I read a great book about why men don't like to go to church a couple years ago. And I was talking about that with my buddy a little while back. Because men's perception of churches that don't go to churches, we come in here and have a big cry and kissing fest. You know, and it, and it feels very non-masculine. A few years ago, it became very a non-masculine thing. And if you look at the, 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 the grid of the way that churches are attended in our world today, fact of the matter is, more women go to church than men. More women serve in church than men. So let's give it up for all the single ladies, all the single ladies, right? It's just the truth. And, and that's, not, that's not a truth that we want in our church. That's why we're starting our warriors ministry, because we want our men to be warriors and stand up for God in our crazy, crazy world today and fight for your families. But there's a fear of, if I go to a group, then I have to do what? I've got to share. I've got to tell people that my marriage isn't perfect, and I've got to tell people that I struggle with this, and I've got to tell people, and I don't even want to hear where people struggle. I don't even want to deal with all that stuff because it comes across as a very, this is a perception. I'm not saying I believe this, but men feel that's a very effeminate thing to do. So if you go and share, and God help you, if you're in a men's group and you cry, that would be like the epitome, right, of the fear of uh, vulnerability. And AA is like the best at that because there's an expectation of that. You know, you can't go in there and attend for an AA meeting for a very long period of time without getting the nudge and saying, bro, it's, it's time. You got, you, it's time for you to get up and tell us what's going on in your life. Why? So we can help you. So we can pray for you. So we can encourage you. So we can keep each other accountable, right? And sometimes that fear, because here's the thing. I talked about at dinner last night with some friends. We want, and this is big time true in North Texas, we want everything that everybody sees about our life to come across that we got it all together. My marriage is perfect because Facebook says so. My house is perfect because everybody drives by and sees your house and it looks awesome. Your cars are clean, therefore you're responsible. All these different things that of outward, and listen, I'm a clean car guy. I tell Johnny all the time, clean car, Clean heart, right? I mean, I just believe, I, do, I told my girls when they were dating, you are not getting in a car of some slob that's got french fries and chicken nuggets on the seat that he has to clear off for you so you can sit down. That ain't happening. If he don't have a, enough character to clean, to clean his car before he picks you up, you ain't getting in that car. Can I get a father of a daughter to say amen to that? That wasn't even biblical. That was just an opinion of a knucklehead, right? And I get all that stuff, because I want it too. I'm, I like wearing iron clothes. I like wearing clean clothes. I, I put a little cologne on before church, why? Because I want people like to hug me. I don't want people to go, oh my gosh, not him again, right? I like that. But that becomes a priority in our lives, where we gotta keep up with everything else that everybody has, and everybody else, oh my gosh, he has this. I've gotta start doing this too. Oh, they got a new car. I gotta got a new car too. Oh, they got, I gotta get that too. Or they're going on this mega humongous vacation. That, oh, I've gotta do that too. And we feel such a, listen, 
I'm going to tell you, you guys hear about peer pressure in youth group, and you should hear about it from Pastor Johnny. It doesn't change when you get old, right? And the problem is, we probably succumb to it as much or even more than you guys do. And we're afraid. We're afraid of, of vulnerability. So let me give you some, let's, let's, let's pick it up now and be positive, right? Let me give you some examples of community, and we're going to start in Acts chapter 2, verse number 41. Listen to this. Jesus ascends into heaven. The disciples go gather a whole bunch of people together. It was, it was a very special day because people were in town because of Pentecost. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, after Peter preached a dynamic message, and the Bible says that those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Boy, wouldn't that be great if we had a church service where 3,000 people accepted Christ and got baptized? You say, why would that be great? We'd miss a football game. We'd miss lunch. 3,000 people, you're even moving into dinner a little bit too, so that's a little... And I'm proud, if we ever baptize 3,000 people, we're going to a, a pool, and we're going to get 10 people to baptize 300 people at the same time, just so we can get it done faster. I already have a plan for it, so get ready. It's going to happen, right? They gladly accepted this message. They were baptized. 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Listen to this verse. They, they, meaning the Christians who had been saved for minutes, maybe they had been saved for 40 days because Jesus just ascended back up into heaven. He was gone like the day before. So Christianity was in existence for about a month and 10 days, okay? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and, equally important, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everybody was fulfilled at all and, and at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And I love this. All the believers were together, had everything in common. They sold their property and their possessions to give to everybody who had need, Every day they continued to meet together, every day, every day, not once a week for an hour, every single day they met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, they praised God, and they enjoyed the favor of all people. Ready? So you have one plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one, all these positive things equals this. And the Lord added to their number daily. The church grew every single day because of the way that the early church was meeting with one another, sharing community with one another, and had their hearts focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. I just love this. Let me tell you some things that this verse tells us they did. They gathered. They gathered. Now, we gathered this morning, right? And I don't know if you've noticed this, but when the music starts in here, there's a little uh, recording that, that happens out in the lobby, and it's what, I probably should have Johnny's voice go, yo, y'all need to get yourselves to church before you wreck yourself, right? I probably need to have that recording on there instead. I only got one more burn before we're done, because I tell Johnny we do three burns a Sunday. But Katie's little sweet hummingbird voice is like, good morning, we're, we're ready to start church if you could make your way to the auditorium. Like Katie's sweetness, you know, so maybe we'll change that up this week and get people be like, oh, we got to go to church. We're going to get yelled, that kind of a thing. But when you come in here, music is part of what we do because we want to we we get our hearts focused on God. So when we open up the Word of God, we're ready to hear what God has for us that day. It's a great part of our worship service. Um, they got and they heard the message. They, the, it says the, the apostles spoke and the people gladly, listen, they gladly received... And not everything was easy to hear because there's times when you come to church, we'll read a verse out of the Word of God and you'll be like, Ugh. you know, I'm not going to show it, but man, that kind of bothers me because I know he's talking about me. 
you know, that kind of a thing. But we have to be careful to understand that's part of it. But equally, as much as the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and the worship of God is exactly what we want to focus our Sundays on, this verse tells us the significance and the importance of being together. Do you know you can experience just as much spiritual fulfillment and being challenged in your relationship with Christ out in that hallway before and after church starts as you would right here listening to the Word of God? You say, well, how is that true? That's not the Bible. If we're acting out biblical principles, because I'm going to tell you something right now that I know for a fact. There are people in this room that need someone to say hi to them. There are people in this room that need to be encouraged. There are people in this room that had a bad week this week. There are people in this room that didn't even want to come to church today, and they're here, and that was just a big victory. There are people in this room that had a rough Saturday night, and they're here because they're feeling bad about Saturday night. You say, how do you know that? Because we're all those people. We're all those people. Gathering is significant. Did you ever come to church, and what happened in your life before and after church was more significant than what happened in the auditorium? Because somebody was interacting with you and showing you care? I had a guy come up to me today. Pastor. Man, I'm just, I'm ticked. He was mad. I said, just stop. I'm going to pray with you right now. And that may meant more to him than anything that will happen in church today. They gathered. There's, There's power. There's so much power when you're surrounded by people that share that value of Jesus Christ. Listen, we need that. I'm going to tell you right now, I need that. I, love, I, I try very hard to say hi, greet as many people as I can. I want you to feel welcome. I want you to feel loved. My wife's at the door. She knows more of your names than I do. Sometimes if you see me standing next to her and I turn, I'm not tell, I do tell her I love her, but when I turn and talk to her, I'm like, hey, I forgot their name. Tell me their name real quick. Because she, she, she is all of it. She's way, way smarter than I am. But that, that little tiny time of somebody else making you feel important, listen, I'm, here's why I'm saying that. Not only saying that to people to understand that their vulnerability when they come to church, don't underestimate the value that you have in somebody else's life. Why do people need to hear from me? Why do people need to know my story? Why do people need me to say hi to them? Because guess what? The pastor's supposed to say hi to them. That's kind of what I'm paid to do, right? I'm going to be real sound, like super secular about that. And if I wasn't kind in saying hi to people, you probably wouldn't come back to our church. But I want to tell you something. It means more that you guys are saying hi and being kind to one another, right? And making people feel welcome. They gathered. They listened to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to it. They were committed to the Word of God. And we need the Word of God in our lives to help us make decisions, to help guide us. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, it says in Psalm 119, 105. We need the Word of God taught so that we all understand it, so that we will all submit to it, so that we can do what? Keep each other accountable. So that we can keep each other accountable. They had fellowship. Listen, we need to have some funky fun together. It's important for us to laugh. It's important for us to not be super, oh, we're going to church now. God bless you. Right? we got to be careful not to be that way. We should be, I was in my office reading a little bit and just kind of getting my head around the message this morning, and they had the rally time out there. I almost got up because it sounded like somebody was getting hurt because there was a yelling and screaming, and people were hooting and hollering and getting all juiced up for church today. I love that. 
You don't have to be anything but who you are at this church because that's all God expects from you. Fellowship is important. And listen, breaking of bread. And we could super duper spiritualize that. They said they broke bread together. Yes, they did communion together, but you know what else they did? They had dinner together. They had lunch together. Uh, You know what? You want to get to know somebody personally? Have a meal with them. Kim and I have a goal. We try to eat with at least three of our church families every single week. We try to. Um, and whether it's lunches or dinners or doing whatever, we just we love just to be with people and hear their story and share our story and, and encourage them. And we're encouraged by that too. Uh, but we, that, that's such a vital part of, of what we do. And there's just something that when you, when you break bread together, that's why usually when you go to a life group, and when we do our Warriors meeting, we're going to have like, the Warriors meeting in September, when I, and, I, and I've been corrected on this, when I said a barbecue, that's a Northeast barbecue where you're doing hamburgers and hot dogs and maybe some sausage, onions, and peppers. That's a barbecue from where I'm from. But in October, when we do the Outreach Warriors meeting, we're renting a barbecue truck and having brisket and all the things that are really good for your heart, and that's how we're going to, and we're going to get, and listen, we're going to get that food, and we're going to eat, and we're going to get sloppy, and we're going to talk. And the conversations at the tables will be just as significant as the challenge that we're going to hear from God's word that night. Right? Fellowship is important. Breaking bread, communion, and meals. And you know what else is very powerful? They prayed for one another, it said in the early church. The Bible says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a sincere man or a righteous man means a lot. It avails much, but it means a lot. And it's an, aren't you encouraged? Hey, you ever put a prayer request up on our prayer request page or read them? If you're not on that, we have a, we have a, a Facebook page. It's our Warehouse Church prayer group. And we only, I'm going to say let, we don't open that up for everybody and their brown dog to be a part of, right? Because some people share personal things on there. That's for our church family. And our church family means that you call Warehouse Church your home church, your church. So if you ever have a prayer request and you're not part of that, you can go to our Facebook page, ask, we'll show you, send you the link and let you on and all that stuff. And we're not trying to make it exclusive for like the super cool people or super spiritual people. We just want to protect your anonymity because a lot of information sharing happens in our world. But aren't you, have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, you know, Lord put you on my heart and I was praying for you this week? You know, your first reaction could be, what's wrong with me? You know, you could do that. Or you could be like, thanks, it's been a tough week. It's been hard this week, and I, I, I think your encouragement meant a lot to me. They prayed for one another. So as we talk about community today, my encouragement to you is let's do it. Let's do it. Let's live in community together. Why? Because community works because it's God's plan for our lives. It's God's plan for your lives. And you know the great thing about finding the right community group to be a part of in our church? This is my favorite point of my whole message this morning. Find where you fit. Find where you fit. We have a group that meets once a month on Tuesdays. I don't, we call it the mature people of the church. I don't want to say old people, but we had a big celebration this month. It was Kim's birthday. She's 55 uh, this, this month. And I'm telling you that because she was so happy to order from the 55 and older menu. So I'm ordering from the 55 and older menu because I can today. Boom. And then the lady's like, well, I wouldn't argue that about your husband, but I'm really surprised you're 55 years old today, right? But you, now, if you're 30, you might think of the old people meeting on Tuesday at 9 o'clock as like, I ain't going to have breakfast at 9.30 in the morning. I'm at work, and you guys are all old, and I don't want to be a part of that, right? I get that. But find where you fit. Let me tell you something that happened to us in February. My sweet daughter and her husband 
Ryan are here today because their church had to cancel services this weekend because some of their leaders got sick. So we brought them home. It's been a really, really fun weekend. Really enjoyed getting to spend some time with them this weekend. Been missing my girl, and we're glad Ryan's here too. So anyway, um, when, when Emily got married in February, I had to go down and visit my parents. I got to make this long, I have to make this short story not long because it's kind of funny. Uh, we went down to Houston to go visit my mom and dad, and I bribed her into going with me by saying, hey, we could buy you your wedding dress for Emily's wedding that day. Oh, I'm going, right? And that's a long trip, four hours down, four hours back, all in one day. But when you know you're going to be you know, shopping galore, you're like, oh, you're ready to go. You don't see your mom yet, it's time to buy a dress. So we went to the store, then we went to a second store, then we went to a third store, then we went to a fourth store, then we went to a fifth store. And I promise you, with the Lord Jesus in my heart as my personal Savior, standing as an unworthy servant of God, my wife that day tried over 60 dresses on that day. But can I tell you what she didn't do? When she tried that first, and you're not, you, you kind of know when you're kind of in this thing of buying the dress for your daughter's wedding, you're not buying the first dress. You might, oh, I really, really like this one. Let's save, just throw it, because you ain't going to buy it. It ain't going to happen. So she put this dress on. She's like, how do I look? And I'm, I'm saying all the things I'm supposed to say. <gasps> you're stunning. You're breathtaking. You're going to rival the bride. All, yeah, with every dress. I had to say that with every dress. Right? She tried it on. She goes, nope, it's not the right dress. And she's inviting me into the room like to watch her do all this stuff. I'm like, a lot of emotions, super duper confusing time. So she, another dress, dress number two, dress number three. So we're in the store for like an hour and a half. At the, 20 some dresses in this one store. They don't have anything I like here. Let's go somewhere else. I'm like, oh no, what did I get myself into, right? She tried the one dress on, didn't fit. Number two, number three, number 48, number 49, number 50, number 51, number 52, number 58, number number 61. All these dresses on, and then she put it on, and it was like the Shekinah glory from heaven shone down in that locker room. (laughs) That was the dress we had to buy. Didn't need to be this, didn't need to be that. The the dress that I liked was like $450, and I said, you gotta get this dress. I really, really like this dress. That's our last girl that's getting married. You can wear it on a cruise someday if we ever get roped into Tammy's cruise group. We're gonna get it. to get this dress. You can wear it again. Da, 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 da. She says, no, I don't want to get that. That's not the dress for me. And she put it on. And she's like, this is the one. This is one. And of course, I'm going to say, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, like I'm having a revival, right? She puts this dress on. And then she says, and it's only $89. Boom, right? And like, she's the winner. And I'm like, but I'm the winner now. It's only $89 and we're done. Hallelujah. Right? It was all that kind of thing, right? Sometimes we go into a group, right? And we'll go in, and the people in that group are super weird. Tell somebody you're sitting next to there's weird people in our church. Just tell them. Let's get it out there, because it's true. And it'll be a weird meeting. And you'll be like, this is not a fit for me. Does that mean that you're going to say, I tried life groups, they didn't work because the one group that I tried didn't fit for me? No, find your fit. That 55 and older group on Tuesdays once a month might be your gig right? It might be your gig to be part of our youth ministry. It might be your gig, guys, to be part of our wars. It might be your gig to go to our ladies' group. It might be your gig to go to Nikki Katie's uh, young, young couples group, or Christy and Rochelle Lopez's girl group, or Marianne Stewart's group, or Nick Stewart's group, or Chris Williams. Listen, if you go to Chris Williams' group, I need to talk to you before you go there, okay? Or Chris Williams' group, or Kevin Tiemann's group, or Dave Roberts' group. On, you, you might not like any of them. You might like all of them, but you know what you got to do? You got to find where you fit. You, listen, you know what you need to do? You need to find your people because when you experience true community, it's beautiful. 
And but you know what else it is? It's yucky. Because you're going to a life group meeting and be like, oh, I'm ready for life group. This is great. I'm going I'm to tell, tell on Tammy for a second. She's, she's one of our greeters. And it's not because her and Jack were just talking about where they're going to lunch today. I just want to tell on her. <laughs> My girls are in a life group. Can I share something about you? I'm going to ask permission. Okay. My girls are in a life group with Tammy. Tammy is in the same age group as my wife and I. Older. So my girls are in a life group with Tammy. Now, now Kim and I know Tammy very well. We're, you know, we're neighbors, same group. Tammy's one of the first people that, that welcomed us to Texas when we came here six years ago. Love her and her family. Daughter just got engaged. We saw all the 1,700 pictures on Facebook from it. Love, 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 love Tammy and all her crew, right? My girls came home from life group, and they were like, you should have heard what Tammy told us about her life tonight. O-M-G. And they were like, I said, are you supposed to be telling me this? Oh, we weren't going to tell you. We just wanted you to know that we know more about Tammy than you do now. Like, dang it, right? And, and you know what? I'm not saying this about Tammy's life. But I'll tell you about my life. My life's been messy. Anybody else have any speed bumps in their life? You know what's amazing? When we get authentic and share that stuff with other people, there are other people, part of that group, that have gone through the same exact thing that are dying to know they're not alone. They're dying to know that. Um, find where you fit. Community is beautiful. Invite others to be your people. And don't be mad when they say, no, I, no it's okay. I'm, it's okay. I, it's not my gig. It's okay. But don't stop asking people. Right? Uh, open... Invite others to be your people. There's somebody in this room. There's somebody in this room today that needs to be part of a community group. There's somebody online that needs to be part of a community group. Open your group. Be careful, group leaders and those of you that do attend groups. Don't get so like super duper familiar with each other. And here, you have to be careful. And this is, we could do a life group talk as well to all of our group people and all our group leaders. Make sure when people come in that you're not doing all your little secret jokes and speaking in that weird Christian language of whithersoevers and sanctification and stuff like that. They're going to freak people out. You make sure you are focused on everybody that's in that room. They all feel welcome, not just by this, by what's coming out of your mouth. Make sure people know that your group is open. And don't assume everybody in our church is gonna be want to be a part of your group, but let's work as hard as we can to get everybody in some group. Because it's a lifeline. I, I've got a friend of mine, I don't know how he gets away with it, but on so, like I'm, I've got the blinking light, zero, 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 right? So church is done, okay? I got a buddy of mine that preaches for two hours, hour and 45 to two hours on Sundays. I'm not that good. First of all, that's a lot of content and secondly, y'all will be getting up for a bathroom break like halfway through. There ain't no doubt about it. That's a long, 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 long time. But let's say that I had two hours of exposure to all of you on Sundays. That's still not enough. You've got to read your Bible every day. You've got to reach out and encourage one another during the day. You've got, I've been talking about AA a lot. You know what fascinates me about AA? There's not too many people that are in AA that only go to one meeting a week. Because the accountability and the encouragement and the community that's experienced is like water for a thirsty, thirsty soul. Let me read something to you and then we're going to pray. I, I read this passage to you last week. And this is such a powerful, beautiful picture of the church. The author of Hebrews says, Brothers and sisters, 
We have confidence as we enter, you, you did it this morning, this most holy place, God's house. And we're able to do that by the blood of Jesus Christ. By a new and living way open for us through the curtain. And we talked about that last week when Jesus was crucified and he died. The, the veil was rent in two that was in the, in, in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. And he says it's his body that, 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 that's the reason we can do that. And since we have a great priest over the house of God. Who's the, who's, who's the head of the church? Jesus Christ, right? A good job. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, ready? Since Jesus died, since Jesus provided us this church, since Jesus gave us a way to be forgiven, since Jesus made it so that we can have a, an eternal, never-ending relationship with him. Since Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Since Jesus will never ever leave you or forsake you. Since Jesus is in charge of all the stuff that we talk about with being Christians. You ready? Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold, remember that word we talked about last week that doesn't get said too much in our culture, unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised us is what? Faithful. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus the church. We go to church. We serve at the church. We're part of the church. We celebrate the church. It's full of unperfect people. We love the church. We, we want to be a part of the church. All these different things about this church, right? About the church, the local church. And then it says, because of that, spur one another. That's an interesting phrase. Have you all ever been to a rodeo? I had to slip that in there for a friend. I've never been to a rodeo unless I'm like tied up and drug. I'm probably not going to go to one. But I do know this. Cowboys wear something on their boots. Fling, ding, 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 ding. They're called what? And what do they do when they want to get that horse moving a little faster? Get that spur in there and kick that rib a little bit to get that. Because I'm an animal activist, that's why I won't do it, okay? But here's the truth. We got to kind of do that to one another. We need like a church spiritual cattle prod, don't we? Herbert, get yourself back in church. You know? We need to do that for one another. And not in a way where we're judging. You're not as good as I am, so you need to be where I'm at because I'm way, way. No, we got to encourage one another. It's not about Jesus juking people into feeling diff, uh, get guilty all the time. It's about telling everybody, hey, you know what? I love you, and I miss you, and I miss hearing from you. What's going on in your life? You need to be in our group this week, bro. We miss you. That's encouraging. And we all need that. And that's what the Bible is so beautiful. It's in the Word of God. Let's spur one another to love and the good deeds, not, listen, don't give up on meeting together. The King James Version says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And then it says this, and this is kind of a, because some people are in the habit of doing that. But do what? Let's encourage each other. You know what's so great about that verse? It says, because the day is approaching. The day is approaching. I don't know if you know this. Some people know this because I've talked about it in groups and lunches and stuff. When I was a youth pastor at our church in Philadelphia, I was the worship director for three years. So if you wanna do a little hymn talk back and forth, I know the names. I know the second and third verses of a lot of hymns. Right? Like I'm super duper spiritual because of that. But I know all these songs. I remember this one song, What a Day That Will Be. 
What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. The one who saved me by his grace. When I look upon his face, I'm forgetting it now. Then the chorus goes, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. We're gonna, that's what's at the end of that. That's what's in front of us. And all that we're doing with one another to encourage one another is because we're going to see Jesus face to face someday. And all this weird stuff in our government and COVID and world stuff and it's oppressive and it's heavy and it's hard. We've got to press on towards the high calling of God in Christ Jesus because we need each other. We need each other. I want to invite you to pray with me this morning. God, I'm not saying to our church that you need people. I'm saying we need each other. Lord, there's times when I'm having meetings with people. Some of the lunch meetings I had this week, some of the dinner opportunities we've had with some awesome people. That was, that was refreshment for my soul. Reminding me of why it's important to, to fellowship with one another. And where we get so busy, sometimes we're apathetic, sometimes we're just, it's really not on our radar screen to make other people, because there's so much going on. And we're trying to be good workers at our jobs, and we're trying to be good husbands to our wives, and we're trying to be good wives to our husbands, and good dads and moms to our kids, and good grandmas and grandpas to our grandkids, that there's so little margin left over, and that is a choice. We don't have to exclude any of that stuff to do more for you in the kingdom of God through your local church. Forgive all of us, Lord, when we get too busy to connect and reach out to people that need you. Lord, help us all see the significance and importance of community today. When we're dismissed in a few moments, Lord, we're going to ask everybody to visit some of our life group leaders, have little areas. Nick's going to talk about that. It's not like we're making a five-year commitment, a 60-month car payment in doing so. We're committing to try it. And I, I pray today that somebody will be encouraged to be a part of other people's community and help us to love and accept everyone that, that's going to try to do that with open arms. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.